Today's episode of the KC Crew is brought to you by Talkspace. Talkspace makes it easy for you to get therapy without traveling to an office at a fraction of the cost. Oh, that sounds cool. Yes, Talkspace therapists are licensed and background checked. Your therapist will be able to understand what you're going through and help you to make positive changes in your life. You can sign up today by going to Talkspace.com slash Casey and get $30 off your first month. Talkspace therapy for how we live today. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew. You know, we do this each and every week, and we appreciate you guys for riding with us. Again, the email is thecaseycrew at gmail. That's T-H-E-E-C-A-S-E-C-R-E-W at gmail.com. If you have comments, concerns, or questions, whatever you want, if you want to highlight us, you can definitely do that. We appreciate you hitting us up on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, uh, iHeartMedia, whatever you do to listen to the podcast we absolutely appreciate it and also the merchandise you guys are really supporting us we are so grateful and so thankful the kccrew.com for hats socks mugs wine glasses and if you purchase any of that stuff take pictures of it and i definitely will repost it all right so <laughs> please take pictures with the stuff and uh, we appreciate all the support absolutely yes we do thank you now uh you know what i wanted to talk about this uh week where i think a lot of people have asked me before and i think some people asked you and it was a big topic in um on social media on instagram on everything (laughs) people were talking about being a, a house mom or a housewife Okay. Um, and this came from, not to talk pop culture, but it came from a, a episode of The Family Hustle, which is T.I. and Tiny's show. And uh, Tiny wanted to work. Mm-hmm. And T.I. was like, pretty much, no, don't work. I want you to stay home with the kids. And they would get into an argument about her working. Mm-hmm. This is and, a good topic, actually. And people were asking me about it. And I said, well, I kind of agree with T.I. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, why? I said, I look at it like this. When we first started our relationship, you were making way more money than I was. Okay. Um, and I would never expect you or want you to stop working because you were bringing in the bread, the dinero, the cheese. You were bringing in the moolah, the money. And I you was had to come up with like eighteen different ways to describe money. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. One would have sufficed, but I'll let you live. Go ahead. So, um, you know, I was struggling, so I had to do what I had to do to try to make money. It, it wasn't a competition per se, but we were on the same team. Do you feel as though you were struggling? I wasn't struggling, but I was uh, struggling to keep up with you. If I tried to keep oh, up with you, okay. Because I was about to say I wouldn't have put you in the category of struggling, but all right, go ahead. And then um, we decided to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Once we decided to have a baby, we were moving from Queens, and we wanted to move and live in New Jersey, a bigger house, uh, more yard, more land, a uh, better school district, mm-hmm. and it was further from the city, a mm-hmm. lot further. At the first, I think our first house was about an hour from Manhattan. Right. Um, at that point, we decided that you would stay home and I would work. Mm-hmm. Reason being, you had to take care of our daughter and then we started having more kids. And in my opinion, it only made sense for you to stay home and for me to work because I never wanted, and this is just me, and this is, you know, thank God that it, it can happen this way. Mm-hmm. I never wanted a babysitter or a nanny or uh, a daycare per se to raise our children. I feel like since we could afford it and we can afford it, that the best knowledge and, and the best education and the best way to raise a child in, in, in the way that I look at it is from if we can to afford it is from the mom. Mm-hmm. So 
I did not want you to work. <clears throat> you know, I, I felt if I had to work extra hours, if I had to work extra harder, if I had to do a couple more jobs, but the safety and the comfort to know that our children were raised by you, their mom, my wife, made me feel so much better, you know? Mm-hmm. And to fast forward a little bit, you know, we were talking about moms and, you know, well, you know, a nanny could raise or there's babysitters. I look at London, for example. You okay. know, a couple of weeks ago, London was sick. Right. And I always think of it like this. Let's say you and I were working mm-hmm. and we would have missed some of the things that were wrong with her. Right. Some of the signs. Some, some of the, the signs, you know, because by the time we got home, maybe she was sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know, we wake up too early in the morning. We go to work. Maybe we didn't see her. Or maybe we've seen her in passing, but because you are a stay-at-home mom and you really, and I'm not saying that that's not a job because that's a hell of a job, but that especially a job I wouldn't want to take, <laughs> you would have might have missed that sign. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, the rash, maybe the swollen finger. Especially the fact that it developed so quickly. Right. So if you would have missed that sign, mm-hmm. who knew or who knows what would have happened to our daughter? Right. So. Because we really did catch her. Right in the nick of time before it could have gotten. I mean, it was very bad, but it could have gotten so much worse. Right. And so I was I'm very much in support of if you can afford it to have a parent stay home and take care of that kid until it's time. And if, if the tables were turned, if, if you had uh, a, an amazing job and you said, babe, this is my <laughs> career. I'm bringing in the money, the moolah, the dinero, the bread, the <laughs> cheese, you know, uh-huh. you got to stay home. I would have no problem with it because I want what's best for our family, what's best for our kids. Now, the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up today is because a lot of women say, well, how does Gia feel like, you know, does she feel like she missed her calling? Does she feel like she could have mm. done something great career wise you know does she regret it so that's why I wanted to bring it up and and talk to you about it because you know one we never really had this conversation because we just kind of lived life and did us and we don't look at our lives kind of like my career your career it's just our life Mm -hmm. our money the things that we do with our stuff you know so how do you look at being a a stay-at-home wife or a, a stay at home mom Do you hear a little bit of the skepticism in my voice? A little bit. Okay. There's a reason for that. Now, can I be honest? Absolutely. And can you be honest? Please do. I think I'm going to start by asking you a question. Sure. Was the only reason that you wanted me to stay home and be an at-home mother or a domestic engineer because you thought it would be best for our children. That was one of them. Okay. Was it the only reason? No, it wasn't the only one. Okay. What was the other reasons? Um, you can't, you know, you can't, if you're going to talk about it, you really got to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. I have no problem talking about anything. Um, one was, uh, had you on a leash. Okay. You were so far from civilization that, civilization. I mean, we were. We were so far from civilization. <laughs> New York City is civilization, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, we, okay. we lived in, in, in the woods in New Jersey at the, uh-huh. our first home. So, yeah, you were so far from civilization. I was insecure at that time. So, I knew you weren't out. I knew you weren't, uh, guys weren't going to kick it to you. And I weren't going to, I wasn't going to lose you. I mean, a dare wasn't going to kick it to you. So, I was pretty safe. <laughs> no bear was going to try to get your number. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember one time when we were in our second house. Mm-hmm. And 
And by the way, for everybody out there listening, we moved around like five times. We moved around like we were on the we run. We moved four times in five years. Yeah, we moved like we were on the run. But go ahead. Yeah, we're just incredibly impulsive. And every time we got into a new house, we figured that it was missing something. And then we were always kind of on the hunt to satisfy this desire of what we thought was going to be our ultimate house perfect house right? yeah first house yeah. was too far second house didn't have enough land for the kids to run there was always was a, something always so it was like problem. always trying to scratch an itch right so by the time we were in our second house which was actually only 10 months after we bought our first house so by the time we bought our second house i remember coming to you and telling you that i wanted to start my career mm-hmm and we had this conversation several times throughout our marriage. Right. And we evolved into a very bad argument mm-hmm. that day. And I'm thinking back. I remember you trying to coax me out of the idea. And... You were very, very heavy handed when it came to the idea of you wanting me to be home with the kids and it's best to, you know, have the kids with me and influenced by me. And let me clear this up. And when you say heavy handed, it's not heavy handed as I hit you, just heavy in emotions. No, just like figuratively. Okay. Yeah. Not not literally. Okay. Um, Yeah. You were very passionate about what you were saying and you were really leaning on parenting and what's best for the kids. And I came back at you with remedies to the problems that you're proposing would happen if I went to work. Mm -hmm. And you finally broke down and was like, look, I don't bleeping want you to work. And I said, well, let's get down to it. Why? You said, I don't want you to work and that should be enough. I said, all right, so you know that's not going to work with me. Let's talk about it. What's the problem? Mm -hmm. And you said, and tell me if you remember, that you would not be able to work yourself if I worked. And I asked you why. And you said that if I worked, you would be too nervous, worried, and preoccupied with what was going on with me while I was at work, if I had a job. And I said, what was going on with me? What do you mean by that? Who's kicking it to me? Yeah, I was a little insecure. Where I'm going to before work, where I'm going to after work. Maybe a lot of If insecure. I'm going to meet somebody that's going to sweep me off of my feet. Right. Et cetera. And I couldn't really make sense of that because I was absolutely dedicated to you and our marriage and our family. But... That was a big part of why I didn't begin my career because I spent a lot of our marriage catering to you and your emotions. Um, I remember that conversation. It went so far as you saying that if I went to work, you would probably miss days of work because you would probably have to stalk me outside of my job. And I would have. <laughs> waiting behind bushes and parked cars and whatnot. I do think that you would have because you did strange things like that, especially during that time in our marriage. Right. You know, I would be in TJ Maxx and I would look up and you would just be there. And I'm like, how the hell did you know that I was here? And you're like, you'll never know. And I'm just like, what? 
That was a little weird. <laughs> You'd be coming down. I will actually not like that actually happened. You popped up on me mm-hmm. in TJ Maxx one day. Yeah. But yeah. And I'm like, wow, if I worked, I think it would literally drive him insane. It probably would have at that time. And I could tell in your eyes during that conversation, like you were on the verge of tears, not sad tears, but like frustrated tears. Right. At the idea of me being outside of this fortress that you kind of had me in. Right. And don't get me wrong. You know, the fortress was nice. I was there. I was with my kids. I went grocery shopping. I went to the mall. I hung out with my friends. I went to lunch. I did things like that. But I did things and engaged in activities that were not threatening to you. Right. So you were happy with that. Um, So I just wanted to get that out of the way. It's for... For some men, um, assuming because it was the case with you, it's not just about the well-being of the children. I think that sometimes insecurity, possessiveness, um, having a controlling nature plays into it. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you decided not to work and you finally made a decision and said that, you know, you didn't want to work and you decided to raise our kids. Now, my question I always to you, wanted to work. My question to you was when you gave up the option or when you gave up not working and decided to take care of the kids, was that difficult for you? Do you regret it? Um, I always wanted to work. Mm-hmm. I always wanted and of course, just like you said earlier, not to suggest that working inside the house is not work because mm-hmm. Just like you've said, and I know a lot of other men feel the same way, they'd rather get up at six o'clock in the morning, take their shower, leave the house, go to work, come back at five o'clock, six o'clock, then be home with kids and everything that comes along with that, raising children. Don't get it twisted. Every one day. Or, one or two is not bad, but like five at once, Mm-mm. I want to go crazy. No, even when we had two, you used to say that. You used to say, I'm glad that I get to get up and go to work and then come back and enjoy them when they're in downtime instead of going through the melee of them during the day. And, you know, the push, the pull, getting them here, getting them there, the crying, the diapers, the pamper, everything, the feeding, the putting to sleep, the tantrums, the naps. That has always been a lot for you. And it's a lot for a lot of men. Right. Life for a lot of people a lot for a lot of people yes so do you regret it do you regret not pursuing pursuing your career and um well i majored in communications a lot of people ask me what my um degree what was in and i majored in communications and i always imagined that i would be a news anchor or something along those lines right and for a very long time yes i did regret not working and not pursuing my career. But the word regret is a funny word in some ways. Um, uh, If I did take that path, our life would have went off in a different direction. Mm -hmm. What direction? I have no idea. In some ways, maybe it could be a better direction, but it could be a worse direction. I'm so happy with where we are now, who we are as a married couple and mm-hmm. who we are as a family. Right. That I can never say that I regretted any decisions that I've made because cumulatively they've all come together and led us here. I regret it a little. 
Why do you regret it? Um, this is, I think, part of the reason why I started the podcast. I wanted to start the podcast. You know, just looking at who you are as a person. I mean, you're my wife and you're my best friend. And I look at you as a great, wonderful person. And sometimes when we have conversations, I look at your views and what you say and your outlook on life and your outlook at different things. And I feel like the world needed to hear that. You know, and sometimes I feel like you're a star that hasn't got its proper chance to shine. So part of the reason why I even wanted to create this podcast, because I was like, I think it would be dope to hear for the world to hear what I hear on a normal basis, what I hear on an everyday basis, you know, Hmm. and I thought it was always dope. Because you look at things differently. You know, you work, You look at things from a real perspective. You don't care what people think about you. You don't care what people think about your opinion. You're very, very honest, brutally honest at times. And sometimes I regret you not having that opportunity to really blossom and to see who or what you would have became in your own field, whatever it was, whether it was to be a, 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 a news anchor or a radio personality or a, a model or a talk show host or whatever, whatever, you know, God had in your future. Sometimes I regret not pushing you to do that. But like I said, the word regret is a strange one. Mm. Um, I really am a firm believer in God's plan. Right. I think that everything happens exactly how it's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And as long as you live right, that you won't stray from your destiny. I think that whether, you know, something greater happens for us or our family or professionally or anything, I, I think it is what's intended for me. I think it's in, what's intended for us. So as far as the word regret, no, I don't regret anything. And I think that we'll be exactly where we're supposed to be. Right now. Now, what do you think about couples who are going through this situation? You know, they, you know, have a newborn and she wants to pursue her career and he's trying to get her to stay at home. I don't think that that happens too much. It it does happen from time to time. I hear. I think that more often than not, the woman would prefer to stay home and the husband is like, okay, maternity leave is almost up, you know, strap up your boot, strap up your boots. You're, you know, you got to be back in the workforce. So for people who can afford it or can make it happen or even work part time, how do you feel being home opposed to having a nanny, a a grandmother or, you know, daycare center raise children? I think that it, goes without question mm-hmm. that ideally in a perfect world a mother will raise her child and be home with her child but there's nothing wrong with that I, I think a lot of people think there's something wrong for mothers to stay home and raise their children no 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 that, listen here's the thing there's no right and wrong people are individuals and they have to do what's best for them, what's best for their children, what's best for their family. But I think that parents have to be happy with the decision that they're making. You never want to operate any situation from the perspective of resentment. If I wanted to be an at-home mother and I wasn't afforded the ability to do it for whatever reason, 
I might walk away from that situation resentful. Mm-hmm. If I'm forced to be an at-home mother and I would prefer to be in the workforce or chasing my career, I can be resentful of that. Everybody feels differently. Everybody's chasing something different. Right. So I think that they have to be happy with the way that it's churning out. So if a person can afford it mm-hmm. and it is their desire to stay home, that is the right decision for them. But if a mother wants to have her child and then three months later she wants to go to work, that's okay too. If you have a family member, if you go through the right process to hire a nanny and you find the right individual and there is specific steps to find the right individual when nannies are concerned, or if you want to put your child in a daycare, right? some people might not think that it's ideal, but not most things are ideal. If that's what's right for the mother and the father and they can agree, then that's the right way to go. I don't think there's a clear cut answer. Right. Okay. You know, I just wanted to get your opinion because people were talking about it. It was all over social media. It was in the news heavy because I guess T.I. and Tiny got into a big argument about it. And I know we were in similar situations because Mm -hmm. I worked and you stayed home with the kids. And I always thought that our situation as far as our kids was amazing and great. I wouldn't want our kids to be raised by anybody but you because it gave them that confidence. It gave them that attention. You know, when there was problems at school, you were able to pick and and see every minute mm-hmm. problem that mm-hmm. ever happened. Right. And you was there to have their back. And mm-hmm. I feel like even when I was a kid, my parents weren't because they worked, you know, mm-hmm. it was kind of like I had to suck it up. But with you, they were able to talk to their mom and, and really, really figure things out. Well, to answer your question, if I had to do it simply, at the time, I had some resentment. Right. But in hindsight, mm-hmm. it worked out perfectly. Mm. So, no, um, if I had to give a general answer, no, I don't regret it okay. whatsoever. All right. I just wanted to get your opinion on that. And also, um, I wanted to talk about this weekend. Something happened this weekend, and I just wanted to tell parents, and especially uh, new parents, if you don't know, uh, we went to a water park. We took our kids to an indoor water park. Yes. Um, Yes. You know, if if you don't know anything about the water parks, it's like a Great Wolf Lodge. They have them all over the country. Mm -hmm. But this one is called uh, Camelback Resort. Right. And the water park inside of Camelback Resort is called Aquatopia. But in the Poconos, Pennsylvania, there is also Great Wolf Lodge and there's also Kalahari. Right. And they're all great. Great gr- choices to take your children to. Right. So we went to uh, Aquatopia this time. And um, when we take our kids to these parks, we have like really strict rules. OK. Mm-hmm. Um, we're overprotective. And it's not overprotective. You parents. We parents, are protective. You should be as well. Um, of course, we have a 15 and a 13 year old. They have to go on a rise with each other. Meaning mm-hmm. if there's a problem or beef, uh, the 15 year old picks a ride, then the 13 year old picks a ride, then the 15 year old picks a ride and they have to check in every 15 to 20 minutes just so we can see their face. They don't have to say anything just so we can see their face nod and they keep it moving. That's just my, something my parents made me do. We do the same. Now, some parents might think that they are too old to have to check in every 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Most parents think, well, you know, when I was 15, I was taking the train you know, 30 miles to get to school or, you know, I was able to do this or able to do that. But our kids are not. 
Right. It's, they got to check in every 20 minutes just to make sure. Just to make sure. Um, And then we have a three-year-old and a two-year-old and, of course, an eight-month-old. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with, with those kitties, I am over extra, extra careful <laughs> with them. So we have a nanny and a nanny's with them in the water in the kitty area. And I'm with them as well. And I know where my kids are. Every single moment I am looking, I see where they're at. When they come down the slide, I'm watching to make sure no other kid falls on top of them. I mean, even though the water only goes up to six inches. It's not, it's deeper than six inches. It's about. You sure? Absolutely. Six, this is six inches, babe. Or maybe a water. The foot. water's got to be about, I would say, um, just under two feet, maybe yeah, just under two feet, maybe a foot and a half. So you can't drown. I mean, a kid could fall, a kid could fall on top of Oh, you can of, absolutely you, you can drown. drown. A two or three-year-old can absolutely drown. So, um, I mean, at one ride, these kids were going down the slide. There was no lifeguard, and there was kids going down the slide two, three, four at a time. So yes. the kids couldn't even get up from the slide. From the base of the slide once they reached the bottom. So kids were sliding down uh, sliding into these kids and then falling into the water and then kids were falling on top of them. There were like pile-ups at the bottom of the slide. It was absolutely ridiculous. So I complained. I said, you better bring another lifeguard here because if something happens to my kid, I'm going to sue. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I said. And I walked up to the top of the slide. Now, mind you, there's kids running down this slide like crazy. And I became the lifeguard. Mm-hmm. I'm, the, I'm the one that came. It was like, I had, go ahead, you go. All right, wait, go. Because I just didn't want anybody's kids to get hurt. And especially my kids going down these slide. I didn't want nobody to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Now, there was no parents there watching. There was no parents there watching their kids. I couldn't believe it. But I was like, okay, I'll do this until lifeguard came. Lifeguard came. Cool. Now, well, this- I had to physically go and get a lifeguard. Yeah. And bring him and say, this is a problem to the point where my husband has to be at the top of the slide and I have to be at the bottom of the slide, making sure that not only our children are safe, but that other children are safe as well. This is ridiculous. Right. And nobody's kids, nobody's parents or nobody's lifeguard will take care of your kids like you will. So now this is the story that bothered me. All that bothered me, but this really bothered me. So. When we go to these parks or wherever we go, we always find a, a, a common ground area where the kids can always find us. No matter where it is, we have a table and you can always walk to that table and find us. We establish that before we do anything. We all right. go to this table. Okay, this is where we're at. This is where our clothes go. Here's all the food. Go. Here's all the snacks. So we're at the table and this little kid comes up to me. He's about, what would you think, five? He was five years old. He five years old. Five. Kid walks up to me, doesn't know me, walks up to me. He has a life vest on. He goes, excuse me, sir. And I'm like, yes. He goes, can you take off my life vest? And I'm like, no, I can't. I said, you got to talk to your mom or dad. But why would you want your life vest off? He said, well, the water's not that deep. And there's other kids running around without the life vest. So I want to take mine off. Now, this alarmed me. Mm-hmm. Because why are you asking me, not your mom or your dad? And As a matter of fact, where are your mom and dad? So now Gia is Captain Save a Kid now. <laughs> Gia sees any kid in distress, she's going to grab the kid and she's going to walk around the whole park until she finds the kid's mom or dad. So now Gia says, where's your mom and dad? I don't know. So Gia's like, what do you mean you don't know? They're not around? You don't see them? No. So now Gia starts getting into Captain Save a Kid mode. Mm -mm -mm. What's your name? Where are you from? Are you here with your mom? Are you here with your dad? Are you here with your auntie? Are you here with your grandmother? What are they wearing? What are they wearing? What a red hat. Their hair. So now she has Logan and Madison running around the 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 park looking for a parent with a red hat, mm-hmm. right? So now Gia holds this kid hand, his this kid's hand. Now she's walking around for at least five to ten minutes 
with this kid walking around the park looking for these kids' parents. Now, the kids' parents never even realized that he was missing. Didn't even know he wasn't in in a little section of of the little kiddie pool. Hold on. It's not a little kiddie pool. It's a, it's a big pool. It's a big pool. Yeah, let's set the stage. It's a big pool that is, like we said earlier, about maybe a foot and a half deep mm-hmm. to two feet, just let's say. There are two slides, a smaller slide and a larger slide. And then there are several several platforms where you can climb up or walk up the stairs to get to different activities. It's like a whole situation. It's not just a pool and a slide. There is another section that's just a pool, a slide and a couple of little swings and little places where the kids could sit down in the water. But where we were, it was for older kids. You could be anywhere from three, I would say to about 12 or 13. And that would be appropriate in that area and that's where that little boy was and you could easily drown in that entire area there was only one lifeguard walking around with a measuring stick and his only job was to make sure that no kids that were above a certain height were in the baby baby area of that particular pool and he wasn't paying attention to see what anybody else was doing if anybody was hurt there were kids that were slipping falling falling under the water, fighting to get up, getting stepped on and everything. And he didn't even know. Right. So that's what this area looked like. So this little boy was left to fend for himself in this whole water play area. And it's as though they just said, all right, go do whatever you want to do. Just make sure you keep your life vest on. You'll be all right. right. And God knows where they went off to and what they were doing right and now the kid could have went in the grown-up rides he could have went into the big wave pool he could have went anywhere he wanted anyway so give, he could have been kidnapped he could have been i was kidnapped. walking around with him it literally took 20 minutes it wasn't five or ten minutes it took 20 minutes and he was happy to be walking around with me you know why because i appeared to be nice and i smiled with him and i spoke to him kindly i could have said come on little boy let's go we're gonna go look for your mom Outside of the water park, we're going to go up the stairs and I could have taken them to my room and they would have never seen their kid again if I were some type of predator. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It would have been at, the kid walked around with me and talked to me and told me his whole life story for 20 minutes. Right. And and thank God you, you found his, his, his dad. And, and, and yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I just wanted to tell that story because I think a lot of times people hold feel. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What? When I found them, they didn't even realize they, they weren't grateful. They didn't. They weren't nervous. They weren't panicked. I said, and I'm not going to say their name, but I said, are you so-and-so? And she was like, yeah. I'm like, well, I have your kid. And she's like, okay. I said, yeah, so he was looking for you. And then I told her how he came up to us and that he asked you know, for his life vest to be removed. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, okay. And I'm not this type of person, but I wanted to snuff her. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, wow. How like you don't deserve to be a parent, a guardian, an aunt. You don't deserve to have children under your protection or care at any time. Right. And I and I do feel bad because the pops before y'all found him came up while to me, we were looking for him, came up to me and spoke to me, and said, what's up? And he listened to the show. So he'll probably listen. But it's not necessarily to him, because I think a lot of times people don't realize how I don't. I don't look for the word. 
I don't want to say stupid, but how stupid you can be thinking that things are okay. You know, you go to water park and you say, okay, well, they have a life vest on. There's a lifeguard. I don't got to worry. No, you should worry. You know, because if it's your job to worry, if gear was a kidnapper, your kid would be gone. So you have to be extra, extra careful with your kids. And and I'm just saying that because I am very careful. I am a very scary, dairy person like like gears trying to have a conversation with me in a water park. And I'm looking at I, I feel like Biggie. I feel like one eye is looking at London You're and the crazy. other eye is looking at Jackson because I just want to see what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm yeah. watching them down the slide and I'm trying to see the fall before it happens. Like, right. you know, what I mean, every time I see them jumping over uh, uh, this and, I, you know, I'm stopping immediately. Hey, nope, don't do that because I just want them to be as safe as possible. Yeah, you could call me the fun police, but I'd rather no, be the fun because they police. have fun. I'd rather be the fun police than for the, one of our kids to be injured, <laughs> broken leg, drowned. You yes, know, that that's how I am so I just wanted to tell those two stories because I felt like you know if you do have kids I know a lot of times you feel like oh there's a lifeguard there you know I don't have to worry but that lifeguard has to man hundreds hundreds of of kids kids. exactly you know and it's easy for a kid to slip under and and go unnoticed and for someone to drown it's it's very simple even in less than two feet of water it's possible and and one thing just the last thing I want to say baby for people out there Teach your kid, if you can, swimming immediately. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the first thing we did with our kids at the ages. As soon as they could, we teach them how to swim. Well, they they took, uh, you know, I would take them to swim mommy lessons. and me swim lessons mm-hmm. when they were infants. And then you just continue. There's right. always uh, stages that swim schools provide for infant. Well, mommy and me infants. And then as they progress into toddlers and then they become more advanced. Right. And one thing I, I taught all, all our, our children, even our uh, three year old, I haven't taught Jackson yet, but I'll teach him this summer. That if they're ever in a pool or ever in a situation where somebody grabs them in the water, mm-hmm. maybe trying to save themselves, maybe playing too rough, or maybe the first thing you teach your child to do is to go under the water. Right. And the reason that is, is because if you grab me and you're struggling and I go underwater, you're going to let go. Of you're going to let go because you're going to be so scared you're going to let go. Because mm-hmm. you imagine that you're going to go under the water as well. Absolutely. Right. Uh, my, go under the water and swim away. My dad taught me that as a child. And that's something that always stuck with me. And I was a swimmer. I was, you know, I was on a swim team. I was a swimmer. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I've always did. If if I was ever into a, in, a, in a situation in a pool or in the beach or in the ocean where somebody grabbed me and mm-hmm. we were struggling. Once you go underwater, they're going to let go because they're not going to want to go underwater. They're trying to go up. Mm-hmm. then after they let go and you get yourself together, then you can save them and help them. Right. But you teach your kids, even at the age of three, I tell, I tell London, I, and we practice this. I grab London, I make her go down underwater. She holds her little nose or she tries to go underwater <laughs> and I let go and she comes back up because that gives them a, a safety and, and they let them know that they can be calm and, and get out of any situation in the water. Right. All right. right. And this portion of the Casey Crew podcast is brought to you by Spotify's original podcast, Mogul, The Life and Death of Chris Lighty, produced by Gimlet Media and the Loudspeakers Network. Mogul details the life of Chris Lighty and his rise to success before an unfortunate and untimely end. This is a story that's bigger than music. It's the story of the American dream. Follow and listen to The Mogul, The Life and Death of Chris Lighty every week on Spotify. Well, now let's get to the email of the week. This is a good one. Hey, what's up, Envy? Now, I sent this to Gia, but in case you get it first, can you please answer this on your next podcast? Because I'm a mess right now. 
Hey, Gia, I love your podcast. This is a question that I love for you to answer on the podcast because I'm truly confused. I got married a few weeks ago and my husband slash boyfriend of 12 years gave me a Rolex watch. Now he's in his mid 20s and earns a good pay so he can buy it, but not afford to buy it. Mm -hmm. I told him it was too much, but of course I loved it because it was my dream watch. Now I was looking through the box and the attached booklet gave it away. The watch is a fake. Wow. Now, something didn't feel right. So I looked through his text and the dummy didn't bother deleting some old text <laughs> with a jeweler friend. And long story short, I found solid proof the watch was fake because his friends even told him it's an A1 copy and comes with the original packaging. Mm. I will add that it actually does look very real. Very real, excuse me. But I'm heartbroken that he started our marriage off with lies and saw me show it off to friends and family. Wow. I finally confronted <laughs> him and he became so defensive and angry when I told him to act your wage. He blocked mm. me after telling me to fuck off. <laughs> what does she mean blocked him? I don't know. He said he blocked me after telling me to fuck off. Okay. I haven't told him I snooped in his phone and thus now he's bullshitting. But I will once he's home from work. I am so angry and embarrassed. What should I do? Wait, she's going to tell him what when she gets home from work? That she knows it's a fake, that she went through his phone and found out that the watch is really a fake. Well, I don't think that she needs to tell him that she went through his phone. Because he's saying it's real. It was like, how, you know, how are you going to tell it's real? Your friends are hating. How I mean, you? all. Oh, gosh. Not that I'm encouraging being dishonest. I am all about honesty. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she did go through his phone. And if she tells him that, I assume that he can latch onto that and turn the argument around and the problem change from you lied to me and bought me something that was fake and told me that it was real to you shouldn't be snooping through my phone. And he told her to bleep off. So I'm assuming he has like an explosive kind of personality. Right. So I think he would use that as a tool to turn it around on her and you know it's not something that she should be proud of the fact that she went through his phone i understand why she did it but i wouldn't lead with that if she had to come up with a way Mm -hmm. to say that she knew that it was fake she could just say that she was at the mall and went into a store that's an authorized Rolex dealer mm-hmm. and you know she was looking at other Rolexes because she was so excited about her watch and you know sometimes when you get introduced to something you do more research on it and you look at similar things and whatnot and then she could say that the person asked to see her watch and he told her it was fake I mean it's not truthful I'm not proud of my advice but if I were in her situation I might go that route Anyway, what do I think about the fact that he bought her a fake present? See, this is the thing, though. Not to cut you off. You don't know his 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 situation. He might it's a lie. love his girl it's a lie. and wanted to buy her something nice to make her feel special, but couldn't afford it. And maybe his intention was, I'm going to buy this fake one, save up to buy the real one and just swap it out when she's you not paying swap attention. It How are you going to swap out a used watch that's been used and beat up for a new watch and assume that it's going to go by undetected? All you have to do is come home and say, okay, hey, babe, I upgraded your watch here, sweetie. 
and then she's still going to have the fake watch. No, I upgraded it. I'm taking your watch. Oh, he traded it in, yes, not upgraded it. To a better it. watch, yes. So who wouldn't still on occasion wear the original watch? Maybe on certain occasions you would wear the original watch and on other occasions you would wear the quote unquote upgrade. No, no. I'm She's tra- still going to have the fake watch. No, I'm trading and that. And run the risk of I'm being out in public watch. and someone embarrass her. I'm trading that watch in for a better watch. We, I'm taking that fake watch and I'm giving so, you this new So watch. we're sitting here promoting dishonesty. I'm not proud of us no, right no, now. No, it's not a matter of that. <laughs> but, but if they've been together. <laughs> this isn't good. We need to start up. <laughs> no, but if they've been together for a long time, maybe he feels like. He, she said they were together for what 12, 12 years? years maybe he just feels like he wants time. to you know he can't afford it and he's embarrassed you know maybe their friends their friends are buying watches for their girls or buying expensive things for their girls and he just can't afford it and this is what he's doing so i don't think she should attack him like my watch is fake like maybe she should be more gentle with it more, be more gentle it. okay buying someone a fake gift is a slap in the face it's not like they bought it together or they came to terms regarding the watch and she's like, okay, I'm just going to get over on people. I'm going to wear it because we can't afford the right, the the real thing. And then when we can, you know, upgrade or get the real thing, then we'll do it at a later date. She wasn't in on it. Right. She's being bamboozled like everybody else who thinks that it's authentic. Me personally, I would have a real version of whatever I can afford, regardless of what that is, over a fake version of something that I cannot afford any day of the week. Mm -hmm. So if she's anything like me, she's extremely offended because he lied to her. That is the same thing as going into a Rolex dealership and buying a watch and getting home and realizing that it's a fake. She's being bamboozled, but it's so much worse because it's by her own husband. And not only that, it was given to her as a gift to symbolize their marriage. So that just compiles the sentiment behind the gift it muddies it and makes it so disingenuous. And I can understand why she's livid about it. Then when she confronted him about it, he told her to bleep off and blocked her, whatever that means. I don't know why he blocked you. How? I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. But yes, she should be beyond upset. See, the problem with this is a lot of women say... Like he didn't, I'm sorry, baby. He didn't even come to her like, oh, I just wanted to do something to impress you and, you know, the things that I could afford I just didn't feel was good enough. Like, he didn't even come to her with a sob story. He might know his wife. He might know his girlfriend. Like, I'm listening to some of these girls down there be like, yeah, when I get married, I want this size carrot ring. Well... Bitch, you know how much that size ring costs? <laughs> you know how much money I make? Uh, well, gonna, no, 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 no. She time. doesn't sound like that girl. Did you read that email? She does not sound like that girl. He wanted to surprise his she girl with said something nice. that he makes a good amount of money, but he cannot necessarily afford that it. That doesn't mean she didn't and want it. And afterwards, I mean, we all want a lot of things that we can't afford and buy for ourselves. Who doesn't? So that doesn't 
That's no implication towards her personality or how she handled the situation. She even said at the end, act your wage. She's encouraging him to be honest and to be realistic. That's going to hurt his feelings. I, like, well, listen, I don't know. Well, she Gia, already confronted him. I don't know. And he Gia's, told her off. I don't know what Gia's advice is. But if you haven't had that conversation as of yet, I would say take it slow you have to understand you're playing with a man's not pride. after he was already nasty to her let me she tell my side and you tell your side no because he was already nasty to her he's in the wrong take see hold on wait let me just say this slow. i'm sorry that slow. there isn't listen what really agitates me and it's agitated me about you in the past and a lot of times me men in particular do this because they feel as though they're gonna gain some ground or they're gonna get a desired result you can't be in the wrong and then spaz out on someone calling you out for being wrong. That just creates a cluster bleep. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't you you can't do that. Cuz now I'm just going to sit there and look at you like you're crazy and I'm going to become further infuriated. And that's what it sounds like. He did. So now it's not her responsibility to come back to him with kid gloves and try to handle him decently. No, you spazzed out on me. You told me off. You cursed me out. Now this is what you're about to get. And if you're not happy about it, I'm going to go on my side on the, of the house and you go on yours. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to cook you anything. We're not going to be intimate. Don't even don't come around me because you're going to get nothing but nastiness and negativity until you apologize for what you did. Give me an explanation. Give me an apology. And I want to see sincerity. Because if I can't see sincerity, now we have even more of a problem. You finish? Not really, but I'll let you talk. Now, you listen to Gia if you want. You won't get dick for at least two, three weeks. She'll be all right. Now, if I were you. What's her name? I don't she I don't think she said her name. She'd be all right. If I was you, I would use those kids those kid gloves and be very gentle and remember that. <laughs> A man has an ego <laughs> and a man has pride. He Yo, probably. What is wrong with I'm, you? I'm speaking. i let you talk. Be very gentle. The man has pride. <laughs> he probably can't afford it. And he and he was too embarrassed to say, babe, I can't afford it. As a man, our only two things in a relationship is to protect and provide. He couldn't provide and he probably felt a way. So what you should do is shut the fuck up. <laughs> Okay, now, now you just went I'm, off. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not done. He could provide. He I'm just couldn't provide an done. authentic Rolex I'm not watch. Done. You already gave him the hint. He could have provi- provided a Seiko or a Psycho or Can whatever it's called. He already gave him the hint that the watch cure. is fake. So now that he knows that you know that the watch is fake, he's gonna work extra hard to make sure he provides the real watch. Give the man some time. Give him some love, some caring, some uh, support, and he will come through the way that you want him to come through. You have to give him a shot. You have to give him a chance. With men out there, there's a lot of pressure on us because there's so many other men doing so many different things. And before Instagram and social media, it was fine because nobody would see it. But now you open up an Instagram page and you got to look at some other chick and she got some nice watch. And that puts a lot of pressure on men. And when, when, when there's pressure, there's stress. When there's stress, she men can't concentrate it. and can't work. So give him a little, little, little leeway. Have a little kid gloves. Rob, you know, rub his back Mm-mm. and it'll be all right. Stop it. Stop, 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 stop. You're you're like the poster child for spewing nonsense. That was your nonsense. Okay? No. I'm not saying that she has to be nasty to him off the bat. What I'm saying is that she has the right to be infuriated, not only because of the fact that 
he gave her something Mm -hmm. that was not authentic and passed it off as though it was and that she wasn't in on the joke. But when she confronted him about it, he was nasty and belligerent towards her. That's the problem. So it's not her job to handle him with kid gloves right now. What he needs to do is he has to come to her correctly and he has to exhibit sincerity. And if he doesn't, he's, his ass needs to be put on ice. Okay. That's what needs to happen. All right. Well. Until he says, you know what? I'm a newlywed and I'm starting my marriage off wrong. We're off on the wrong foot right now because of something that I did. I need to go. I need to admit it. I need to make amends for it. And I need to apologize and ask for her understanding. Then once you have her soft and susceptible to your explanation, then tell her why you did it. Then that's your opportunity to say to her, I really wanted to please you because obviously he wanted to please her. He wanted to get that smile. Correct. He just went about it the wrong way. So explain that. Allow her to get rid of the watch and then start off fresh. Buy her something that you can actually afford. Or don't buy her anything at all. I don't know if she was looking for something or if he just came out of the blue. But do whatever's appropriate for your situation. But let her know that you want to start the relationship off based on honesty love and sincerity okay well you can listen to gear if you want listen Just to me make sure you have don't a, listen to him a dildo or a, a, <laughs> a, a bunny. you know i'm not a bunny a rabbit really whatever you need to make sure that you're good like, why and, do you, and, have, good you go out of your way to be ridiculous good luck i'm just saying good luck all right that's an effort on your part to well, be ridiculous good luck mama uh email us after and let us know how it works out again the email is the kccrew <laughs> at gmail.com good luck mm-hmm. thanks again to Talkspace for supporting this week's episode of the kc crew going to a traditional therapist isn't for everyone Talkspace knows that emotions can't be scheduled so with their unlimited messaging therapy you can text audio and video message your therapist as much as you want now to sign up or learn more go to talkspace.com slash casey and as a special offer for our listeners you can use coupon code zone to get $30 off your first month and show your support for the casey crew podcast all right that's coupon code casey and talkspace.com slash casey Talkspace therapy for how we live today. Could you imagine you could just send them a text message and be like, I'm feeling this way. This is what's bothering me. This is what bugging me. And they can actually help you. That's that's dope. I mean, that's pretty incredible. That's dope. Shout out to Talkspace. I think that would actually help people that wouldn't seek out therapy otherwise. That's right. Yeah. The convenience of it. This week's episode is brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron is dedicated to making home cooking easy to everyone. They ship it the exact amount of each ingredient required for a recipe. Now, the food is amazing. Every week, a new something comes in, whether it's salmon, whether it's chicken, all the ingredients. They have me looking like a top-notch chef. Right, baby? I'm top-notch, but you're up there. Now, find out this week's menu and get your free three meals for free did i say it for free for your first three meals for free all right with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash casey crew you'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home cooked meals with blue apron so don't wait that's blueapron.com slash casey crew that's slash c-a-s-e-y-c-r-e-w blue apron a better way to cook all right now let's get to the argument of the week okay 
Hey, Gia and Envy, I really enjoy the podcast and I enjoy watching your lovely relationship on Instagram. Y'all have a beautiful family. Thank you. My husband and I have been married for almost four years and together for about seven years. We are nine weeks pregnant right now and most of the time I feel awful. I want to make sure I'm still sexually pleasing my husband, but I'm tired and nauseous a lot of the time. I know you've been through this five times. I feel like my husband is pissed off at night when he can't get any. Can you please help me? Do you have any suggestions? I figure I can ask you of all people because you had five kids. Okay, so I did have five kids, but I cannot give you advice based on my personal experience because I was fortunate enough to never experience nausea or morning sickness during any of my pregnancies. I know what nausea feels like. I've experienced it, you know, during other times in my life. So I can only imagine how it must feel to be pregnant and going through those physical symptoms and then still expected to perform and please someone. Um, Without being too graphic, I can imagine that you probably, feeling nauseous, wouldn't want to perform oral sex. Okay. I think that in lieu of oral sex, you can perform manual stimulation. Man, it ain't gonna suck itself, so, I mean, you gotta use your hands. Hmm? What? 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 Go ahead. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Go ahead. I just... Just hold on. (laughs) What? 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 Go ahead. Finish. Uh, Ah! What? Never mind. I just... Right. I'm just going to block you out. Okay. We can try. <laughs> yes. I think that you should find other ways to stimulate him, but never. Listen, you're carrying a baby. That is a massive toll on your body, whether people really respect it or not. Carrying a baby with it is entailed so many different changes to your body, changes to your hormones. And then, like I said earlier, the symptoms that come along with it, such as nausea. And sometimes people go through other things that are a lot more serious. Your husband has to understand that you are going through things and you're not always going to be able to please him or to be up for it, to be in the mood. Sometimes you could be moody, not feeling well. There's all different types of reasons why you may not want to perform any kind of sex. Mm -hmm. But if it's just a matter of nausea on certain occasions, and I would say maybe if you can muster up once a week, just to kind of keep him at bay, I would manually stimulate him instead of oral sex. You may not feel comfortable having intercourse because Sometimes the pressure of a man on top of a woman while, you know, she has a pregnant belly for some women can be uncomfortable. So you might not want to do that, but maybe you can do it in other positions that would be a little bit more comfortable for you. But I would do other things to entice him and to please him, but only when it feels comfortable for you. I would never, ever force myself to do something or to perform something that I wasn't up for because that's not your job right now. Your job is carrying a baby and Mm -hmm. being in the right 
physical state and the right state of mind. Because you're performing a job that is so spectacular. It's so special. That comes first before his satisfaction or anything that he might be worried about. All right. The only thing I would say is when a woman is pregnant, that's probably one of the sexiest times ever. Why? Um, I don't know why y'all just release some sexiness. Some, I don't know what it's called, but you just have a sexy aura around you. The vagina is super duper wet. Is that right? Absolutely. Are you making that up? No. Mm-mm. Having sex with you when you're pregnant, it's like the water drips down your legs. It's awesome. super okay. duper. People you asked. No, you I ask. no, it was a yes or a no question. I, dude. I, I, I just can't answer yes or no. I answer how I Come answer. On, no. So it's very sexual. So he's probably very turned on and very stimulated. So he's sitting there. Like I said before, it's not going to suck itself. So you have to figure out a way to, you know, and like you said, if, if you get nausea and you don't want to go that route or, you know, you're in pain, you don't want to go that route, well, jerk him off. Jerk him off. Just, you know, get a little lotion. Come on, Rashawn. Just go with it. And it's one, two, three. And that will, you know, and, and he'll he'll feel happy that he knows you're, you're a little out of it and you still tried. He'll feel happy about that. And I think that'll please him until you what, get. because she gets an E for effort? Yes. And that'll please him until, you know, you, you feel comfortable or you want to have sex or, you know, the, the sickness is gone because it's nine weeks, you know. And nine f- months. Well, they're nine weeks. She's nine weeks pregnant. Oh, okay. So, oh, so she has she has a long way to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, until she can have it or if she wants to, and that'll clear it up, and he'll be be satisfied. And also, in most cases, so more often than not, morning sickness and nausea subsides after the first trimester. So right. after your first three months and you're nine weeks in, so you might have only another three or four weeks to go, probably at most. That should subside. And then you may only have to deal with the comfortability of having sex as your belly begins to grow. I wasn't uncomfortable having any kind of sex while we were pregnant. But I know that a lot of women may get larger. Their bellies might grow more than mine did. So Mm -hmm. they may feel that uncomfortability. So, But ultimately, you have to put yourself, your health, and your comfortability first before anything else because you're doing a very, very special job. Absolutely. And then if you have a problem, you just have a conversation with him and tell him, be like, I want to do this, but I just don't physically feel well. Because he might not know. Maybe y'all didn't have a conversation. Maybe he thinks that you're just denying him. So have that conversation first. If that doesn't work, hand job. Or, you know, see what else you can do. And let's take it a step further just for some precaution advice based on precaution if he does not understand that you are not up to it and that you're experiencing pregnancy symptoms Mm -hmm. how do you think that she should handle that what do you mean if she tells him i do not feel well Mm -hmm. i feel nauseous and having sex or performing sexual acts is not comfortable to me or I don't desire it right now because maybe my hormones are out of whack. She explains that to him and he's not receptive to it and he expects her to perform anyway and live up to her wifely duties. How do you think that she should proceed at that point? Oh, then he's a savage. Then she should throw him some lotion and be like, handle yourself. Mm -hmm. And be like, it's not going to suck itself, but you're going to jerk at yourself today. (laughs) And that's what's going to have to happen. I mean, at the end of the day, he is the father. He knows that how, I mean, he probably doesn't know, but it's, it's to see a woman 
give birth and, and to go through that pregnancy phase and, you know, what they like, what they don't like, special hormones job. and race. And it's it's a special thing and, and it requires a lot. And I wouldn't want to ever be pregnant in my life. So, yes, it's a wonderful thing. Women have needs and he has to abide by those needs. I mean, that's their child. You know, she's. You know, she didn't get pregnant by herself. Exactly. She's building another <laughs> baby inside of her. And, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of love, a lot of caring. And, and the woman's right he has for to nine try months. Try a little tenderness. Mm-hmm. The woman's right for nine months. So sit back, fall back, relax. And if you can hide and, and nine right. months is over. <laughs> OK. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody for rocking with us and listening. Yes. You know, uh, again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns. You sound you sound like um like uh, Midnight Love right now. You, you got a little velvet on your voice right and now. If you have any questions, you, you see, concerns, that's how it sounds you to can me email right us now. At Usually you're a little bit more upbeat like this and da da da. And right now you sound like it's it's after 12 and you're like on BT or something. Well, it's kind of late, but not only that, the heat is on super hell. And it's on, that that like that's the notch that's the yes, setting super, super hell, hell. <laughs> my eyebrows are sweating they're burning my eyebrows off right now and uh-huh. I'm hot but you can email us thecaseycrew at gmail.com that's T-H-E-E caseycrew at gmail.com alright and we appreciate you guys for riding with us and don't forget to hit up the uh website thecaseycrew.com and uh, if you purchase anything on the website whether it's the mugs the wine glasses the hats the socks the t-shirts take a picture with it and we will repost it alright we appreciate all you guys support again thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you alright <laughs> I think you sound very appreciative okay good <laughs> alright well I'm DJ Envy and I'm Kia Casey and that was another edition of the Casey Crew doodles Today's episode of the Casey Crew is brought to you by the new Spotify original podcast, Mogul, The Life and Death of Chris Lighty, hosted by Reggie, a.k.a. Combat Jack, co-founder of the Loudspeakers Network, Mogul, tells the story of the music executive who changed hip-hop and shared the careers of some of its most beloved artists, LL Cool J, Missy Elliott, 50 Cent, Nas, Diddy, and so many more. Mogul, The Life and Death of Chris Lighty is a Spotify original podcast produced by Gimlet Media and the Loudspeakers Network. Follow and listen to Mogul every week exclusively on Spotify. 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 Spotify.